You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For all things, for all things KC, KC, for everything Chiefs. It's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Welcome. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwartz. Fellas, first things first, the Houstons. Did anyone listen to the end of our last podcast? I said, we're getting ready to play the Houstons. In fairness, I thought you just did it again, and I was going to be like, okay, we have to have an intervention. Um, do you guys news. hear it when I say that? I heard it, but I, I ignored it because they don't deserve the respect of their correct name. My brain is going so much faster than my mouth most of the time. One day I said we were, had a game on Saturday. I meant Sunday. I hear these things afterwards and I can't correct them and it makes me so frustrated. So What was I, I saying? I heard it. I heard it in real time, but I decided <laughs> to let it slide because A, it was the end of the episode. I didn't feel like we needed to bring attention to it. And two... I'm already I already pick on Cody a little bit. So if I do it to you as well, then I'm just mean to everyone. And I'm <laughs> and I'm a bully. Whereas if I just do it to Cody, it's like, oh, it's this little dynamic that they have. So I'm not gonna like give you the same treatment I give him. Feel free to correct me. I love Houston's the restaurant. Not sure what Houston's is the football team, but the Houston I mean, Texans. The Houston's here closed like 10 years ago. I know. I think they're slowly going out of business and it makes me sad because they have great chicken tenders. Great ribs as well. Not a lot of people know that. Once ran into Tony Gonzalez and Vonnie Holiday at a Houston's. So, you know, exact bringing it into the Chiefs realm. There you go. (laughs) There's Cody to get us back on track. (laughs) All right, you guys. First things first, what will it take for the Chiefs defense to earn your trust back? When in the playoffs? There isn't anything they can do, I guess, short of averaging, letting up three points a game over the next four games. That's going to make me believe more that than the worst performance I think they've had all season and what they did against Denver. I know they're put in a disadvantageous position a couple of times because of the interceptions by Mahomes. So short fields, all that stuff, but they can't score against anybody. So I can't just assume just because a couple of times they are put in a good spot. You can't do it. And that I told you in the last podcast, that second and 34 kind of ruined my confidence in them, at least for a few weeks. What I need to see them do is do this against an opponent who is a playoff caliber team, because 
as much as some of the best defenses in the NFL are going to be seen in the playoffs in the NFC side, Philly, the Cowboys, the 49ers all rank somewhere in the top seven. All the best offenses are going to be in the AFC playoffs. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, Miami. You're going to see all the top squads on that end. So very simply put, the defense is going to have to perform in the postseason in order to get that trust because that's when you're going to actually need them. I don't need them against Houston. I barely need them against a now floundering a little bit Seattle team. We just told you Denver can't reconvince me that that's a squad that they're supposed to do it against. And that just leaves me the Raiders and maybe a week 18 game that matters. So it's no, gotta be the Cody, no, don't do this to yourself. Don't even say that it's the postseason because you and I both know if they do it in one round in the postseason, you're going to say, oh, well, that was a flash in the pan. They're not going to do it next week. We both <laughs> know that. So here's the real answer is nothing, Kayla. There's nothing they can ever do for me to trust them. They can just surprise me oh. one game and I'll say, wow, I didn't see that coming. And then hopefully that's the game that gets them over the hump that allows them to win the Super Bowl. Because the reality is they don't need to be great for three games. They don't need to be great for two games. They need to be okay for two games and great for one game. That's how you win the Super Bowl. And that's not even saying it's necessarily in the Super Bowl, but to win three straight games in the postseason, you only need the defense to be good for one. So you don't need to trust them. They just need to show up on one of those Sundays when you absolutely need it. The stars need to align on the game where the offense is just a little off, right? They're not the full A-plus game that you know they're going to be on a lot of nights. If it's a night like we saw against the, the Broncos on Sunday, that's the game where you need the defense to show up. And if they do that, that will be it. But aside from just showing up and surprising you on a random Sunday, like there's there's absolutely nothing the Chiefs can do what? in the final four weeks or even leading into the playoffs that's going to lead you, like sitting here on a Wednesday in January saying, this defense is great. I know they're going to show up. I know they're going to bring their A game. There's, We all know that that's not going to happen. What's wild is we should already feel that way. They are third in the NFL in sacks. If I had told you that going into the year, they would be currently third. In the entire NFL in team sacks, trailing only the two best, two of the best defenses in the NFL, one of which the team says Micah Parsons, who is the defensive player of the year winner, by the way, all the Vegas have to tell you he's already won it. The award is done and it's his. So it feels like that should be there. There is one more thing, Nick. I thought about it as much as it is the postseason. If they just start getting a ton of turnovers, they want to just decide they're a team who takes the ball away. Okay, I'll listen. They want to get on a heater and they just start. Forcing fumbles, getting picks, you know, but that's taking not the ball happen. away. You know it's not going to happen either. I know, but I'm saying if it I'm happens, ruining, I'm ruining all your dreams right now. I'm just trying to <laughs> absolutely rain on every parade that you bring to the table. Because you bring up a good point, Cody. They're third in sacks behind the Eagles and the Cowboys. And nobody would dare talk about the Chiefs defense in the same conversation as those two. Those are the two best defenses in the NFL, or two of the best. You know who's right behind the Chiefs and sacks? The Patriots and the Jets. Chiefs are a better team than both of those teams. But again, those teams have infinitely better defenses than the Chiefs do. So what is that to lead me to believe? That, that there is this one statistic that we've all agreed is very, very important when talking about defenses, right? Getting after the quarterback. And the Chiefs do it as well as anybody but yet they don't stack up with basically any other defensive category. It tells me that Steve Spagnuolo, right? The guy who everybody's name has been cursing over the last 48 hours. 
saying that he doesn't know how to game plan, that he should have been fired years ago, that he's run out of his bag. Steve Spagnuolo is the only reason this isn't a bottom five defense. If there's one thing that man knows how to do, it's get after the quarterback. It is the reason why he has stayed employed in the NFL for as long as he has. I am not saying he's a great defensive coordinator. I'm not saying he's top 10 in the NFL. I'm just saying he knows what he's doing when it comes to getting after the quarterback. And if it wasn't for that, this defense would be holding this team back far more than it is this year. I guess a lot of it comes down to like, there's stats that make you feel good about the Chiefs defense. If you want to feel good about the Chiefs defense, like you want to go out there and you're looking for the feel good stat, like the sack. But then, you know, like more advanced analytics things that I believe in and trust, like DVOA, they're 25th. But again, the, the thing I said about what they do actually still stands out to me. Because again, I think likely what you're going to see in the postseason is a bunch of versions of you. Because I don't think, except for Buffalo, whose defense at times can play at an elite level, but seemingly hasn't been able to do that in the postseason, and the Chiefs have proven they can move the ball against, at least in the regular season earlier this year, every other team in the postseason is kind of the worst version of you. They're either a little bit better than you in defense, but not enough better, but they're also worse than you in offense. Like Miami is both worth, worse than you on offense and worse than you on defense. The Chargers are worse offense and defense. The Patriots are a worse offense and a slightly better defense, but not enough to make up the difference. The AFC is loaded full of teams who are designing themselves to be like the Chiefs, only to find themselves being like the, you know, the Diet Thunder, you know, the, the Dr. Thunder version of it, right? The Mountain Lightning. They're not the better version of the same beverage. They're the worst version of that. I guess I could have made this my vibe check, but... You get the point. They're Opportunity just, missed, dude. I know, I know. But Dr. Gunderman, if you can slip that reference in. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Whatever off-brand soda you remember from your childhood. Uh, I think something's wrong with me because actually some off-brand soda is better than the originals. Which but, ones? Uh, Pib Extra is better than Dr. Pepper. CR Mist is better than Sprite. We should definitely be talking about seven ups place in this. Seven up is number one. No, hey, no, up. it is not. Seven up is three. It goes Sierra Mist Sprite seven up. What? Seven up last. Ah, I won't agree to this. It you tastes like up. artificial sugar. You just exposed yourself, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> you have no credibility now. If you put seven up at three, you have no credibility in the soda game. Sprite is where it's at. It's the right. perfect sugar fizz mix. I want it crisp. is refreshing and crisp. I want no, if I want crisp, <laughs> I'm going with the cold glass of seven up. <laughs> okay, well, going back to the question really quickly, as to whether or not how do they earn our trust back? They haven't lost my trust. Am I not overreacting enough? I think we've talked about so many times this season how the defense saved us. The defense saved us. The defense kept yep. us in that game. The only time where I was concerned was in the Bengals game because A, it was a loss. B Sacks were essentially non-existent. In the game against Denver, we still won. We got sacks. Like, I don't think all is lost. Am well, I crazy for thinking that? Here's what I think. No, you're not crazy. And the reason why I feel like I flipped a switch so quickly to where I went from, okay, I'm kind of liking this defense to now I don't believe in them at all, is because the way that they were saving games, as you put it, Kayla was making big clutch plays, like timely sacks, getting after the quarterback, timely interceptions. 
And that stuff's great when you're winning. But the problem is it's like, it's almost the equivalent of putting all your eggs into one basket. Like we're not going to be notorious for doing that. Right. We're not going to shut you down for four quarters. We're going to have one stellar quarter and that will be enough for us to win. And when you're doing that and winning games by one point or three points, it sort of makes you think in the back of your head, like, oh, this is great. But like, what happens if that doesn't happen? And what happens if you don't get that big clutch sack on third down once a game like the Chiefs do? And we've seen that the last two weeks. When you don't have those big clutch plays late, all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're kind of showing yourself a little bit. You're showing your true colors, which is we're going to give up big plays. We're going to give up a lot of yards. We're not great at tackling. So I, I, you're, you're not wrong because if they do this, if they go back to doing that the, the next four weeks and all of a sudden they are making those clutch plays, we'll be right back to where we started. But I still think there will always be that level of uneasiness. It's just the okay. Denver part. I'll always have questions because of the Denver part. I know it's not fair to judge a team off of one performance, but God, that offense was so bad coming into it and so bad for a quarter and a half of that game. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears to the MVP race. Patrick Mahomes is no longer the favorite to win MVP. He has now been overtaken by Jalen Hurts after another blowout win for the Eagles. Mahomes is second at plus 200. Do you guys still think Mahomes will win league MVP? Ooh, this is the first time in a while I feel like I'm more 50-50 than I've been like 65-35 in favor of Mahomes for a while. I do. I do still think he's going to win it, and I think it's the plays like the one to Jarek McKinnon that's going to get him the deal. The thing that hurts him the most is Patrick Mahomes is like LeBron in this scenario. They will always look for reasons to not vote for him. Otherwise, you could just give it to Mahomes all the time, right? Super easy. He's the best player on the best team, consistently going to an AFC title game. Everyone knows who he is. Everyone knows he makes crazy plays. He's an easy person to vote for for MVP in any given year. And that makes it hard. The, the difference is I really do think Mahomes is going to win these games out. And I think just based on his history, this level of turnover play won't continue. And if he didn't turn the ball over in this last game, he was going to go for 425 and four touchdowns. And so I just feel like he's still at the end going to put up a yardage total and a touchdown total that's going to get him the award. The scariest thing for me is, is that the voters are always look for a reason to vote for someone that isn't him. Because they know he'll get another one. He'll have two or three. We're not worried about that. And Jalen Hurts is going to play on a team that might go 16-1. and If you go 16-1, and it is very hard to not win MVP. Yeah, I don't want to sit here and act like it's not even close. Like, part of me wants to do that and just say, well, I don't even know what people are saying. Like, Jalen Hurts doesn't have the number. No, he does. Like, he doesn't have the same passing numbers, but the efficiency is insane. And he's got the rushing numbers to go along with it. I think my big thing with Mahomes versus Hertz is let's remove circumstances or let's add the context at the very least when talking about all this, Jalen Hertz is playing behind a top five, maybe a number one offensive line in the NFL. He has top five wide receiver core. He has a top five defense. Got a lot of things working in his favor. That doesn't detract from what he's done. But you can't say any of those things I just said about Patrick Mahomes. So if I'm sitting here and splitting hairs between them statistically, to me, it's, it's a no-brainer. And I think the other thing that we're seeing right now is that Jalen Hurts is on a tear. Like the, the last month, I don't think he has a single turnover. 
Maybe may, he may have a he may have a fumble in there, but I know he doesn't have an interception. So he's got what uh, eleven touchdowns, one turnover in the last month. Meanwhile, things have looked a little shaky. We see this all the time with odds throughout the season. Is they ride these ebbs and flows of one bad game from one guy coupled by one great game from another guy. Or the, like the Eagles have looked unstoppable the last two weeks. And I think last week, not even this game against the Giants, but it was the game against the Titans where all of a sudden he was sitting back in the pocket and dicing them up. And you said, oh, okay, this guy isn't just a, a running quarterback. So this the storylines play into it a lot. I do think this, Cody, you mentioned it. If they lose one game, it's over. If the Eagles don't lose, there is there is no way anybody not named Jalen Hurts wins it. And I don't even care what happens with Joe Burrow. I know he's right there at third, but like this isn't even a Patrick Mahomes conversation at that point. If they go 16 and one, it, the conversation's over. It's just hard. Mahomes at this rate, we're so far in pacing stats mean more than ever. He's on pace for 5,400 yards and 44 touchdowns just in the air. By the way, Mahomes doesn't have zero rushing stats. He'll tack on another 450 there. So it's like all, to, but you know what sucks is if you're not a running quarterback, Nick, they never give you those stats. They never say, here are the combined stats for Jalen Hurts. Here are the combined stats for Mahomes. They say, here are the combined stats for the running quarterback. Here's what Mahomes does in the air. They never also give him the rushing ability, which they clearly should. Mahomes is having one of the 15th most efficient seasons in quarterbacking history. Second time he would have done that by the end of his career second to his own performance in 2018. It includes the Tom Brady undefeated regular season year. It includes so many tremendously great single individual years. I honestly think he should win it. And not no, just because... Can- don't say that. Don't say that. If you're telling me right now, <laughs> seriously, if you're telling me if Jalen Hurts finishes, because right now he's got 32 touchdowns because he's got 10 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. You're telling me if he finishes with 43 total touchdowns, 5,000 total yards, and that team goes 16-1, and one, you're going to look at me with a straight face and say, somebody else should win MVP. It's hard because Mahomes will be 13, you know, 14-3. and We'll also have more than 5,000 total yards. He'll actually have closer to 6,000 total yards. He'll also have... He'll have more total touchdowns than Jalen Hurts. And you just mentioned circumstance. If I'm voting for the MVP, that would matter to me. One guy is on the single best roster in the NFL. That's it. You, you'd mention all the areas. The Eagles are the single. If you traded rosters with anyone, if we drafted rosters one through 32, Nick, and you had to put your entire team on it, you'd take the Eagles first. Yeah, I would. Of, of course I would. But I also think like if we're going to, we have to be consistent here because if we're going to admit that there is no position in sports more important to that team's success than quarterback. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, not just, I mean, like, not just having a successful team, but like statistically, or if you just want to go off the eye test, he's passing every test. There's nothing you could point to from Jalen Hurts and say, yeah, but. No, you can't. If you look at the circumstances, I'm with you. The circumstances matter. He's in a much better place to succeed. But. If you're passing every single test put in front of you, and if I don't have one thing to point to and say, remember that one game, though? Remember that game where he didn't look that very good? He is making high-level 
throws. And it looks like he's getting better as the season goes along. And I feel like the odds are starting to reflect that a little bit. What? I mean, it is most valuable player. And to me, I feel like that's Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I'm biased, but his numbers are the best. Look what he's done through adversity and all these new offensive weapons and without Tyree kill. And when you're voting for this, what do you look at? Do you look at stats? Do you look at record? Do you look at what, what is the biggest focus when voting for MVP? Usually it's best quarterback on one of the best teams. Typically. I mean, that's, you're almost assuredly going to get a quarterback and almost always it's the quarterback with one of the best records in the NFL. And then if it's not that, then it's, People doing historically great statistical things, which both guys are doing that, that, that falls in both camps. The Hertz isn't doing quite what like Lamar did a couple of years ago, but boy, it is not far off. What, okay. So what if I told you that Patrick Mahomes has six more turnovers, right? So he's averaging about matter. every two games. He's turning the ball over in a situation where Jalen Hurts isn't like that. That evens that evens the margins a little bit, doesn't it? It does. I guess. <laughs> Kaylee, well, you tried you to get away with it on the last episode. I sat there <laughs> and I gave Patrick Mahomes my loser ball. So now all of a sudden I am becoming, even though I'm wearing <laughs> a Patrick Mahomes t-shirt, I am somehow trying be- to make up for it today. <laughs> yeah, I knew I needed to earn some brownie. Points. <laughs> now I'm becoming the Mahomes hater on this podcast. <laughs> wow. We all love Boy, you, Patrick. Not, not a good place to pin yourself, by the way. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, you guys, it's time to give the running back some love. Uh, McKinnon had over 100 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Pacheco, 93 yards from scrimmage, 227 yards combined. Is it time we start treating this running back room as a serious asset for the offense? It's so yes. much better without Clyde, Kayla. It's so much better without. And it's not it's not to say Clyde is talentless. It's just it works better. Anybody who's been in a workplace environment understands that sometimes like, you know, Getting rid of somebody who is like making everything more complicated than it needs to be. Because that's what it was. They're like, well, when do we use Pacheco? You're like, all the time, obviously. And they're like, well, you don't know, but you know, we'll use Pacheco and Clyde and McKinnon and keep everyone fresh. You're like, that's not working. It's too many people. You need one less person in there. And once they got down to one less, it all worked. Now, I thought they were underused in this game, which is wild because they had 227 yards combined between the two of them. But they are, this works. This is the, it's not quite to this level. This is going to seem like hyperbolic, but it's the Lindell White, Chris Johnson part, right? It's the thunder and lightning. You can use one guy 
in these speedy packages. He's out in the passing game. He's doing everything for you. And then you can use the other guy to just absolutely manhandle defenders in the middle and have the kind of runs he had at the end of the game. It's a perfect complement to each other. And because they pass so much, even when they're in the backfield, you're not sure that it's going to go that way or another. You can't be sure, sure, they're not going to pass it to Pacheco. And you can't be sure, sure, they're not going to run it with McKinnon because most of the time they're just passing to anybody. So it's all working kind of flawlessly right now. This is the best it's looked all season. When, when you draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and maybe this wasn't the initial expectation, but I think eventually it became the expectation as defenses evolved in how they're defending the, the Chiefs offense. I think the idea was that if you're going to open up this offense, knowing that Chiefs want to beat you deep and that teams start to put the lid on the defense, they want to take you all the under, want to make you take all the underneath stuff like we're seeing this year. It's an advantageous position to be in for a running back on this team because the other team's defense is never game planning for you. Doesn't matter what you do the week before. Doesn't matter what you did the previous four weeks, right? Because Pacheco's on a nice little tear. No defense is going into the game saying, how do we slow down Isaiah Pacheco? How do we slow down this running game? So that's what you have to be able to take advantage of. Not only in running the ball, right? Because you're going to be facing light boxes. There's not going to be extra guys near the line of scrimmage advantageous spot to to be a good so you've got to be able to hit the hole find the seams and then break off explosive plays in the run game you've also got to be able to be a threat in the passing game because you know once again they're dropping guys into coverage the stuff near the line of scrimmage is going to be open and they're daring Patrick Mahomes to do dump offs because they know he doesn't want to he doesn't want to check the ball down to the running back or the backup tight end he wants to push the ball downfield so you have to be able to do that I think the idea was that Clyde was going to be able to do both. Reality is he can't do either. Uh, Pacheco can do the running and McKinnon can do the receiving. And together, they are a very dangerous tandem. It is not how this team like had it drawn up before the season. I don't think this was a part of the game plan. I think they thought like Clyde can be our everything back. Turns yeah. out, I hate to say this because it sounds really mean. He's your nothing back because he can't do either of them well. Or at least at the very least, he's not the best. Well, yeah, either one of those things. Pacheco's the better runner and McKinnon's the better pass catcher. You know, they're both in the top five for yards from scrimmage on this team. Pacheco is third and McKinnon's fifth. Like, I mean, if the running backs are making up two fifths of your most important offensive players, then how am I not supposed to give them credit? I understand part of the reason they're ranked there is because some guys haven't played. So maybe McColl would have jumped himself up, but I'm not totally sure. Based on the numbers as they sit right now, McCardman's never been like a seven, 800 yard from scrimmage player right now. Isaiah Pacheco, even though he started as the third running back on this team has 660 yards and Jarek McKinnon, who was only recently coming on has 581. And you know what that tells you? The, the, The fact that those two guys, Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon are top five in yards for scrimmage. Going back to Kayla, your original question, like, is it time to start respecting them as an asset? You better. <laughs> because if that's what you're, if that's where your production is coming from, it almost makes me nervous. Like my eyes are popping out of my head saying, oh, wow, like this is a very important position for this team. They're relying heavily upon those guys in the backfield to produce for them. So, you better get this right the rest of the way. Like if Clyde comes back, I don't want to see you forcing a square peg into a round hole because we just laid it out for you. Like 
you're relying upon these guys week in, week out to be steady producers for you. So you got to have the right guys out there. The McKinnon-Pacheco duo is probably the best happy accident that's happened so far this season for the Chiefs. And I feel good about running the ball up the middle again. I couldn't say that. Just as long as it's not Michael Burton, I also do. <laughs> like, you know what's so funny is we spent all offseason talking about the depth on the offense. Not as top-heavy, but it's deeper. You've got more bodies than you have ever had before. Yet, when I think of depth, I'm not thinking of McCole Hardman and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. When I think of depth, I think of Jarek McKinnon and Noah Gray and Justin Watson. Like, the guys at the very end of your skill position, active roster depth chart. That is where the, like, Noah Gray was fantastic the other day. Mahomes is proving that if you're, if you think that I won't check it down to my third string running back or my second string tight end or my fifth string wide receiver all damn game, you're wrong. Because I think he knows that. I think he knows that other teams are betting he won't do it for four quarters. Eventually, you're going to take the shot downfield to Juju. Eventually, you're going to try and hit Kelsey in double coverage. And to his credit, for the most part this year, maybe this isn't the best time to talk about this after a three-interception game, but for the most part this year, Mahomes has been really disciplined in just sort of trusting whoever it is that's out there because he knows there's always going to be somebody with a chance to make a play on every play. While we're talking offense, are we missing Kadarius Tony and Nicole Hardman? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think very simply put, it's like the one part of their offense they don't currently have, which is going sideline to sideline. Like nobody else can really do that the same way as everyone else. You kind of want it out of Pacheco. And as much as we're like, run downhill to Marcus Robinson for the better part of 10 years, uh, the Chiefs offense does work sometimes because they can get to the outside and they're faster than other people at getting to the outside. And as of right now, they don't have a single player that they trust to do that. Those two guys do that. And honestly, it doesn't even matter which one. I only need one of you to be healthy for the postseason. Don't care. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. Either you're of you heartless. can do it. You're heartless. You don't even but care. But we hope both are guys. healthy. You don't care about their well-being. I, don't, I, I, only, I only care about one of their well-beings. It's just whoever it can be healthy. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. And I don't care which one of you it is. Just <laughs> so one of nice. you healthy for the postseason. So nice of you to not play favorites. It's... So for all the things you just talked about, the depth and all that stuff, Nick, they've gotten like 600 yards out of the bottom, 700 yards out of the bottom guys. Fortson, Justin Watson, Sky Moore, the guys, they're scraping down like the, we target them the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th most part of their roster. If they can get that out of those guys, well, supremely fast, talented guys are going to make everybody's life easier. I think that's why we saw a little bit of struggle from Juju, or we saw a little bit of that the MVS numbers have come back down a little bit is they can focus more on you because everything's funneling towards the middle. Kelsey's going there. He's had his quieter games. You know, everyone's kind of going this part of the field and nobody's going outside anymore. And I think once McColl and Kadarius Tony come back, they can kind of use the whole field more than they've been using in the absence of those two. I think them getting them back means we get to see the offense in its full complement again. Yeah. The, the field's got narrower right? In, in their absence. That's what those two guys do so, so well. At first, we sort of wondered is when, when they first acquired Kadarius Tony, we we're like, oh, is he going to take snaps away from McCole Hardman? What does this mean about McCole? The reality is it never meant anything about McCole. That, that's not how the Chiefs view it. They don't view it as only one of these guys can play. They view it as 
we need as many different guys to stretch the field in as many different ways as possible. You've got MVS and Justin Watson as vertical threats. You have Juju and Travis Kelsey, as you mentioned, to be the middle middle type guys, right? Big physical receivers. You've got your your checkdowns in in Pacheco or McKinnon, but what Tony and McColl do so well with their speed and their agility is they stretch the field horizontally. They make they give you more room. It's not even like it is sideline stuff, Cody, but it's not downfield sideline stuff as much as it is the short to intermediate well, stuff where all of a sudden you're making that thing that defenses are giving you a home run threat. It's another way to attack a team, too. The reason why they scored as much as they did against the 49ers is they said, we are not going to block Joey Bosa. And instead, we're going to take our fastest guy and we're going to run him around the edge on you. We're going to let Bosa come in. There's nothing we can do about that. We don't have the personnel or the way to block him, but we do have a way we can still beat you. We do have a different way you can beat you, which is all you want out of Kansas City. Like when they moved on Tyreek Hill, they were going to need six, seven, eight, nine different ways to beat you on offense. They can go the Travis Kelsey punish you route. They can go the running game attack route. They can do all of those things. But right now, that's just one area they can't. They're still winning. It hasn't prevented them from winning a lot of football games. But I think that if if we're looking for the best version of the Chiefs come postseason, which obviously we are, having that level of athleticism is something they don't currently have. Right now, it's just a lot of bot. It's like Justin Watson out there running like a 4-5-40, just doing what he can. Right? And he's doing a fine job. There's no problems. But, you know, you could use better athletes somewhere on the field. Tom Brady and his why, Super Bowl. I think that's why they've, they've utilized McKinnon more yeah. in the past game as well. If you look at the game that he had, like most of that stuff is running back screens at the line of scrimmage. There were a few checkdowns, right? Like the, the big touchdown play, the 54-yarder. Like that was not designed to go to McKinnon. But no. we've also <laughs> seen plenty of designed running back screens. And I think that is because those are plays that would probably normally be set up for Nicole or Tony converted a third and 10 on one in that game, yeah, exactly. uh, deep inside Broncos territory, I think on their third touchdown drive. So, I mean, it's just like our fourth touchdown drive. So it's just, they need it. They need intricacy levels, detail, because then everyone else doesn't know what to do against you defensively. And preferably both. Yeah, I guess, you know, I I'll take one, but both would be best. <laughs> All right, guys, last week we talked about when we're going to see Juju back to his original form pre-concussions on Sunday against the Broncos. He had nine catches for 74 yards and a tug, which I just learned today. Did you see enough to convince you that he's officially back to his original form? First, I like I like all the different words you can use for touchdown, including tug. Um, (laughs) Can we go with tutter next time? Tutter is fun. Uh, He did have a tutter, which is important for this part. Uh, He looked like (laughs) he looked like old Juju. And remember, we said it was going to be hard against this one. He was going up against Patrick Sertan. He was up against one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Great safety play. Great corner play. And he went 974 for a touchdown. He was, probably to much people's surprise, if you go back and watch the game, he was their most reliable weapon in the entire game out of the receiving core. I don't know. You could be like Jarek McKinnon, and I get it. Like He obviously led the league. He led the team. But so much of that came in that one play where, no offense to Jarek McKinnon, uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of made that happen more than you. Um, you know, every time, stuff. every time you say no offense, it's always followed by something mildly offensive. Well, I said he had a great game. We gave him all this. 
Yeah, props but you can say it, and then you're just like, yeah, you didn't even really do anything on that play. Well, I just said he did less than Mahomes, not zero, <laughs> just less than him. That's all. But so when you when you look at him, like Kelsey, a lot of his yardage came on all one big splash play. Uh, Sky Moore wasn't really involved. Justin Watson had zero yards. MVS only had that one twenty yard third down completion on the final drive of the game. They needed reliable juju. They got him all game long. Reliable old, I'm going to get eight, nine yards and catch Juju Smith-Schuster showed back up against the Denver Broncos, which made me feel more like old Juju was still in there. That was great news for me. I still think by the end of the season, we'll be talking about Juju being the second most important receiving option on this offense. But something that's been sort of weird over the last month where he was out for a game and then slowly worked his way back into the offense is... We've seen the emergence of guys like Justin Watson. Like I trust Justin Watson more today than I did a month ago, even though it's been scant. Like I trust Kadarius Tony when he's out there more. I trust both of these running backs more. So as Juju was removed from the offense, I feel like other guys have evolved to the point where I've said, okay, I saw what you did with an increased role and I trust you more. So it's great to see Juju back. I think they need him back. And I think that's ultimately going to be the like, the one thing that makes it so difficult to defend Travis Kelsey, which is we've got another guy doing pretty much the same stuff. So if you want to put two guys on on this one, that's fine. He'll be running free against single coverage, and we trust him. And so I, think, a weird, I think he's important, but this offense has evolved to the point where I'm not putting as many of my eggs in the Juju basket anymore. I know, but in a weird way, isn't this like, couldn't this mean really good offseason news? Let Juju be just good enough that someone has doubt in just how much money they'd like to give him. Just a little bit less. Just bring that price down just a little bit more. Because I am still interested in Juju Smith-Schuster here long term. Because I don't want to go to an offseason where I've got to figure out pass rusher, offensive tackle, also wide receiver, and maybe paying a corner. Those are all the important positions. That, that's all of them, except for quarterback. And I guess, thankfully, in Kansas City. Uh, they don't have to figure that out because they'd be like, no, nah, man, it's cool. They got safety and linebacker and guard figured out. You're like, those are the ones that don't matter nearly as much. I'd like them to have some answers at some key positions. And it turns out that Juju Smith-Schuster, when he's in there, they're just, he is still Mr. Reliable. Like Nick, you're right. I do trust a lot of those guys more than I ever did. But if you're still telling me it's third and six, who are you throwing the ball to in the receiver core? And I'm not allowed to choose Travis Kelsey. Juju Smith-Schuster still the answer by a by a clear margin. Co-sign. Guys, are we ready for our weekly vibe track? I think so. Although I kind of ruined it earlier with my my Doctor Thunder reference too early in the show. But. Was that your vibe track? No, no. I just oh. I thought of that on the spot, and now I'm regretting not making it my vibe check because <laughs> I I was I was going a different way on the vibe check. Nick, do you want to go first this time? I went first last week. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin everyone else's. Oh man. Okay. Um. I mean, I can give you mine. It doesn't matter. I want you to go first. Okay, so normally I go movies or pop culture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go entertainment, uh, but I'm going to throw it back a little bit. My vibe this week is Charles Dickens. They might say oh. that's kind of stupid. Why do Charles Dickens for a podcast? Hear me out. His most famous novel is Great Expectations. This is the expectation that we should have for the Chiefs. Screw this. You're too hard on them. You're asking for too much because everything we talk about for the Chiefs for this podcast or this show comes with great expectations. I'm not saying this is a you need to play better to beat the Denver Broncos or the Seattle Seahawks because I don't give a shit about that. 
I care about how you win a Super Bowl. It's the only thing that matters. How do you win a Super Bowl? We are hypercritical in these little moments of the things that they do right or wrong. It is because of the great expectations we put on Patrick Mahomes and these teams. We expect you to have a chance to win a Super Bowl every year. And I was just feeling that as like people were like, hey, they won against Denver. I'm like, it's fine. I'm glad they won. They needed to do that. But the reason why we're critical after a win in this case is because there's much bigger things at play for Kansas City. All right. Uh, my vibe check. I'm glad. So that's why I wanted you to go first, because I was going to change this if you went movies like you always do. But you yeah. <laughs> went books and like <laughs> old books. So. I'm going music. Oh, look at us. All right. Yeah, All right. So my vibe check for this week is. Fast and the Furious. Right. The movie franchise, I think they're on number 10. I don't know, but that's kind of the point is every couple of years they come out with a new one and they're like, Hey, guess what? We get a new movie and this one's bigger and badder and better than all the ones before. And then you go see it and you go, Oh, this is the same movie I've seen eight times, but it doesn't matter because everybody watches and everybody enjoys it. Because as it turns out, if you just play the hits, Typically, you'll keep people happy. That's what the Chiefs are. We try to convince ourselves that this is a different team. No Tyreek Hill. No, uh, you don't have no uh, any Tyron Matthew. Like the pieces are different, right? We've got to figure out how this team is going to work. No, we don't. We know how this movie ends. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl if the offense plays like they did three years ago, right? In 2019, the offense was perfect in the postseason when they needed to be, and that is how they won a Super Bowl. So we can talk about the defense, right? There needs to be spots where the defense comes up big. There needs to be spots where you get those timely sacks that we talked about earlier in this episode or the timely takeaways. It's all important. Patrick Mahomes plays like an MVP. You're going to give yourself a great chance to go to the Super Bowl. We can come up with all the extracurricular conversation that we want to. We know the formula. We know how you get the job done, and it's by number 15, playing like the best quarterback. We didn't see that against Denver. That's why it looked as ugly as it did. Well done. Do you mean that? Or are you just saying it? Now we have books, movies, <laughs> and Kayla. What kind of music are we going with? Is it Christmas songs? <laughs> so glad you asked. I don't know how it took me this long to get here, but guys, Patrick Mahomes is the Taylor Swift of football. Okay. Yeah, all right. I'm interested. Let's hear it. <laughs> We're going to speak Kayla language for a second. Taylor Swift is the most talented lyricist of our time. Her songs are deep and methodical. There is hidden meaning. Everything is intentional. She wins awards. She's at the top of her game. Hit after hit in a league of her own. The best to do what she does. If you want to fight me on that, let's go. Sells out stadiums. Sells yeah. out. Sell Thank you, Cody. <laughs> Add that to the list. But guys, not everything's peachy. Stars are just like us. She's been through breakups. She's been through valleys. And guess what? She bounced back and she made beautiful music because of it. And honestly, it might be some of her best work. As it pertains to Pat, I took some time to reflect after Sunday's game. And I think we're looking at the three interceptions all wrong. The Chiefs released uh, Andy's locker room talk on Monday where he said, first thing he said was Pat told me he was just seeing how good our defense was. Was he, in fact, testing the defense? Probably not. Um, but the point is, even when he throws three interceptions on the road, we still win games. And you know what? He's going to come back even better than ever next week because uh, that's what he does. And we're about to see some of his best work. So buckle up down the stretch. He's going to give us an all-too-well performance, if you know what I mean. And the real ones do. So if you don't like Taylor, that's a you problem. Just like if you don't like Pat, you need to check yourself. 
Not only that, but they're just really good people too. What I saw from our quarterback after that game where he knew it was on him, he was like, I'm so happy my team was there for me. Team win. Thank you guys for picking me up. Like he has the humility to say that, unlike some other quarterbacks who point fingers and blame other guys on the team. He's just the best, as is Taylor. So that's my vibe check. I wish I could give you a standing ovation right now. (laughs) I will. will. I'll give you a standing ovation. Thanks, Nick. As well said. That may be our best vibe check yet. Yeah. Really, really covered. It was was impassioned, you know? (laughs) But really sold it for me. You want to talk? Get me to talk in passion. Just name one, other, name one other podcast who in talking about the Chiefs can reference Charles Dickens, the Fast and the Furious franchise and Taylor Swift. You find me one other podcast. All right, let's run that back. To, but this time, Caleb, maybe can you give me some tears or at least? <laughs> oh, OK. Yes. Or can you just like when you edit this, Nick, can you put some Taylor Swift music yeah. behind us? Well, yeah, really and, I'll, and I'll CGI some I'll CGI <laughs> the tears <laughs> onto your face. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't even bring up the fact that now she's getting into directing and writing movies, just like Patrick owns different sports teams. And what can't she do? What can't they do? I mean, nothing. They're both, they both are. (laughs) All right. That's going to wrap things up here on a Wednesday. That is Cody tap. He is Nick Schwartz. I am Kayla Canaram. This is always game day in Kansas city. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcast. And we will be back with you all on Friday. 